Right, you want to begin? Okay. Do you want to... Intro wa jingle. Who wants to... Do you want to start? Or <laughs> yeah, I think that was beautiful. I think that was a great, great intro jingle. <laughs> Just put this everywhere. Welcome, and uh, congratulations. Welcome to the 95th Oscars. Um, I guess I'll I guess I'll welcome everyone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the very first ever the, the inaugural episode of um, I'd <laughs> like to thank my wife, <laughs> named after the number one most most uh, quoted thing in Oscar Victor acceptance speeches. Hello. Hello. <laughs> it's good. Hello. Good to have you. Um. So, uh, introductions really quickly. Yeah, I'm the I'm I'm E Tijo's uh, co-host. <laughs> I'm I'm Tijo and E's co-host. Um, wow. Yeah, it's you know equal footing here. Um, we're all about equality, aren't we? Here, mm. uh, I'd like to thank my wife. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the the concept of this podcast, um, we 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 did a stream recently where we talked about all the the Oscar nominees this year and and we ranked them and uh, they got a it got a very positive reception and then we were like, well. Maybe we should start a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's also because we have been doing the Oscars death race for, I think, I've been doing it for three years. And yeah, I'm running on been... five now, I think. Yeah. So every year we watch all the Oscar movies before the Oscars, or at least as many of them as we can. Um and we figured, why not do that for all the years we missed? <laughs> yeah, just we just go back to 1929, the year of yeah. the first Oscars, and we do it. But not with every nomination, because then we might, you know, die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so... so we're going to go through the best picture, uh, best picture nominations for every year. But we're starting with 2023, because I feel like that's more accessible <laughs> it's, it's more accessible it's also we've seen all these movies very recently yeah we, we can yeah. we can like if we do it now we've got them in our memory we can yeah exactly yeah tiho is actually the one that uh looked up all the you know um the ins and outs for this year <laughs> yeah yeah so the, the way we're gonna do this is E is gonna go into these blind uh or mostly blind uh, and i'm gonna be looking up all the fun facts the fun trivia and and the winners and we're gonna we're gonna she's gonna go on this journey um <laughs> i mean to be fair this year is cheating a little bit because i already like we already We've watched already the actual uh, oscars and i already like kind of did some research on yeah. these no we we, but... we know who won these awards we know yeah exactly fight, jamie lee curtis it's fine <laughs> <laughs> it's okay <laughs> <laughs> not even for best picture but yeah no yeah no yeah no, no, sure. no, no that's true <clears throat> okay um so you ready to begin yeah i'm ready cool so let me welcome you uh to the 95th academy awards it's been there's been 95 of these we are gonna go <laughs> we've picked a fucking project um so the 95th academy awards uh, held on the 12th of march 2023 in the dolby theater um, and it was honoring films released in 2022. And you might say that's obvious. It's w w w w we're going to get there. Uh, it's not, <laughs> <laughs> but okay. Films, films released in 2022. Um, uh, it was hosted this year by Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel was a third time host. Actually, he hosted the 89th in 2017 and came back for the 90th in 2018. Right after that, and then he didn't do it for a while, and then he was back this year. It was good. It was good having him. Mm. So uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of um, 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 funky things going on this year. Um, <laughs> was there? There, there was. I I didn't realize this while watching, but yeah, huh. there was some there was some pretty exciting stuff going on. Um, okay. For, for instance, I've, I've heard about the dress, but 
the dress was an experience. This is not on my <laughs> list, but I, I do I do find it worth mentioning. Uh, singer Thames wore a dress, which was it was absolutely mm-hmm. stunning. It Genuinely, sure was, it was a dress. It, it was a be- no, it was a beautiful dress. <laughs> it was. It was. It's just you know, it, 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 it had quite a big uh, collar that came. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was higher than her, her head. Mm. Also wider than her head. So wider than just... her head. Yeah, no, yeah. You, you can, in in every single shot of, of Thames uh, at this award ceremony, you can see people just comfortably trying to shift their heads around <laughs> around the dress. Me at any concert, honestly. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But besides that, and, and the, the Angela Bassett um, Best Actress reaction, which also became a bit of a bit of a meme. It was quite a tame year, yeah. meme-wise. Um, and Andrew Garfield's face. Andrew Garfield. Andrew was a meme. He did, <laughs> he did do that face. Um, but behind that, behind behind all the scenes, there was there was some interesting uh, interesting facts and tidbits. Um, so this year, there was sixteen first time nominees, which is the most in Oscars history. Uh, this includes oh. this includes all five of our best actor nominees. By the way, all five oh. of them were were first time nominees. Um, we and have to see it. Yeah, we do. And and this was also a year with a record amount of Asian acting nominations. Do you want to guess mm. how many? Why would that be? I, I, won- wonder. I wonder how that could be. <laughs> um, do, if I want... do, do you want to guess how many Asian acting nominations there were, that it's considered a record? I mean, let's see, for Everything Everywhere, there were three, I think. So was there any other movie with... I don't think so. Is it free? Uh, it's four, actually. Um, Hong from from the world. Ah, of course, of course. Okay. Yeah, got best supporting actress nom. Um, so yeah, four four Asian actors, which is uh, which constitutes a record, isn't that? Isn't that something? Damn. Um, let's see. We have some uh, some some slightly more personal things. Um, personal. It, well, as in like pe- per- person specific. Um, hmm. Alfonso Cuaron, for instance, uh, because he produced Le, 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 La Pupille. The the one with mm. the the schoolgirls the short film yeah uh, this yeah. makes him the second person ever to receive nominations in seven different categories um, holy shit only behind uh, Kenneth Branagh who you know does everything always mm, yep <laughs> um, then there's uh, the studio A twenty four studio distributor A twenty four who won nine awards uh, in this one night which is more than any other studio or distributor has ever done. Uh, it, it was the first studio ever to win seven out of the eight top awards, mm. <laughs> which is uh, surprise. That's that's impressive. Um, yeah, it really is. There's the whole Andrea Riseborough thing, which I don't want to. Oh, mm, yeah, yeah. I don't want to delve I've, too I've... deep into that. But yeah, I think I've I've read a little bit about this. About I think it was the marketing for it was indeed. For a nomination, yes. right? Yeah. Yes, uh, it was controversial um, because the distributor didn't do like an, an advertising-driven campaign, um, but the director and his wife organized a celebrity-backed campaign. So they just contacted their friends and colleagues in the industry, uh, told them to watch the movie and, and, and share it if they liked it. Um, so that that made sh- that 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 sort of made it so that people like Jodie Comer, Kate Winslet, Amy Adams, Edward Norton, Melanie Linsky, Gwyneth Paltrow, Jane Fonda, Howard Stern, Jennifer Aniston, and even fellow Best <laughs> Actress nominee Kate Blanchett Wait, what? <laughs> were, were all lobbying for recognition of Andrea's performance. Um, oh damn! Yes, you, when you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which uh, you know you're re- good, I guess, if your <laughs> fellow nominee is willing to. <laughs> Remember, please, that Miss Kate Blanchett lobbied for her. 
Um, <laughs> we're going to get back to this in a minute or so. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, so she wasn't really widely regarded as a serious contender because there was no actual campaign. It was just all of it was nepotism. Um, mm. But it did it did raise her profile so much um, that dozens of celebrities praised her on, on social media. And some celebrities even hosted private screenings of the film during, like, the voting for the Academy Award nominations. And then she was nominated, uh, which, yeah. according to the Los Angeles Times, was one of the most shocking nominations in Oscar history. Okay. That's um, really interesting, actually. Yeah. Uh, so then, immediately after that, speculation started that uh, the tactics might have violated an Academy rule against directly yeah. lobbying voters. Um, <laughs> and here, Kate Blanchett's back, because a post on the film's official Instagram account was criticized um, because they might have violated an academy rule which prohibits uh, singling out the competition by name uh, mm. in that they they posted a quote uh, from film critic Richard Ruper saying that Riceboro's performance was better than Blanchett's in Tar. Ooh. Oof. Indeed. Ooh. Um, <laughs> so then on January 27th, the Academy announced that they were conducting a review of the campaign mm. procedures. Uh, to ensure that no guidelines oh, yeah. were violated and to inform yeah. whether changes may be needed in a new era of social media and digital communication. Um, yeah, I remember reading about this when it was still like going on and I was like, oh, damn, are they are they going to like, are they going to do something about this? Are they going to actually uh, a non a nomineer? But yeah, no, uh, the, the, they do occasionally rescind nominations if it's found that that, that it was uh, unsanctioned, but they 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 didn't. Um, there were no reports that she'd been involved in that, or that, that any academy members had lodged like formal complaints about the campaign. Um, yeah. But the academy did conclude its review by pledging to address social media and, and outreach campaigning tactics. Um, yeah, exactly. But but they they did confirm that Riceboro's nomination would be retained. Yeah. So yeah, that was a that was a whole thing. Yeah, um, man. Guess yeah. we'll see in the next years. <laughs> we will. We will indeed. Um, yeah, and then and then Curtis, of course, won the Academy Award, which we both think I think should have gone to to Stephanie. Oh yeah, I still think Angela Bassett would have been a good choice as well. I but... I would have agreed with Angela Bassett. Um, yeah, it's also that that's also sparked uh, several criticisms. Mm. Um, one of them, of course, being the criticism that Angela Bassett looked a bit disappointed, which was yeah. seen as in poor taste. But man, I'd be disappointed. Yeah. Like, also because I feel like she was the big favorite, so she was, uh, yeah. And I think I think no one really saw Curtis. Coming. No, as like a no, no, no. I also still think like like from what I also read on the internet, other people saying is like it feels a, li a bit, a little bit of like a, a career win, a little bit because she'd never gotten one before. But this is not her strongest role, so it's just kind of like hmm. I I absolutely agree. Um very strongly um but yeah so, some people were criticizing bassett for being disappointed um mm. and then other people were were critical of those people um because <laughs> later on in the ceremony uh diane warren lost lost best original song to to natu natu which mm. total banger in addition to being sung in telugu and illustrating the film's anti-colonialist themes it's also a total banger uh deserved the win <laughs> <laughs> deserved the win big time but yeah, Diane Warren was also severely disappointed, and she didn't really catch any flack for it. So people were like, "Yeah, mm, okay, I see, I see." And also, you know, the pointing out of the, the Academy's bias against Marvel movies, which mm, I arguments for and against, yeah, isn't there? Yeah, I feel like there yeah. is. I mean, <clears throat> I'm not super big on Marvel, so I don't think 
I would necessarily nominate that many Marvel movies, but I, I get where they're coming from, especially with some categories. It's probably... It's a little bit odd, right? Yeah, it's it is. A this bit. was the first ever Marvel nomination. Yeah, I I think there's definitely been some some Oscar worthy performances yeah. from Marvel before that that haven't. But then again, you know that's 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 not the movies the Oscars tend to really celebrate. No. No. Yeah, I think that's um. Oh, uh, yeah, and 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 one more thing, um, which is that uh, President Zelensky of of Ukraine once again mm-hmm. asked to make an appearance at the uh, Academy Awards over Zoom to to talk about uh, the Russian invasion of mm-hmm. Ukraine. Uh, but he was. <laughs> He was immediately rejected. Oh, immediately. <laughs> immediately rejected. They didn't even consider this for for a second. Um, okay. Hmm. Which I do think is a very academy thing to to be like. That mm-hmm. was that was last year's crisis. We spent we spent attention on it last year, and now war is over. <laughs> war is over. It's out of the public eye, and therefore, mm. which yeah, bit of criticism. I, I again, I love mm. I love the Oscars. I love the Academy Awards, but there is a lot. Of, oh yeah, they're not perfect though. No, there's a lot of fair criticism to be aimed at them, and and I feel also like. We do this Oscars death race each year, not so much because, at least for me, it's not because I'm so big on the Oscars where I think like you're a, a movie is only good when it gets nominated for oh no definitely an Oscar, not. but no. it's it is a good kind of way if we're going through history through all of the movies. It's it's like a, it's a nice way to know which movies were very important. I think yeah not always but like some some get more famous later on, but it, it's a good start at least. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, and and on top of that, just uh, I, there's a lot of movies in there that I normally would never have watched. If, yeah. If not, like I, I would never have watched Triangle of Sadness, but I enjoyed it greatly, and I'm I'm very glad <laughs> that I I watched it because of because of the Oscars, for instance. I would have never watched Avatar two, but here we are. Here you are, and and. It was not that bad. It, it was, was not that bad. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, speaking of that, let's let's head into our our best picture nomination, shall we? Yes. So uh, this is the first time uh, ever that two sequels have been nominated for Best Picture, um, which, of course, are are Top Gun Maverick and Avatar The Way of Water. Mm. And it's also the first time that two films that have made over a billion dollars have been nominated in the same year, which I think are the same two movies, uh, coincidentally. I assume so, then. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's some fun facts. Hmm. Nice. All right. Well, let's get into, I guess, our... (laughs) Opinions? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to go through? Do you want to go start the uh, like alphabetically at the top? Start with start with all quiet at the Western Front. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we have some thoughts. We both we, have some thoughts. We have so some basically, thoughts. we've already talked specifically this year. We've already talked a lot about these movies because we watched a lot of them together. And then the ones we didn't, we talked about while watching the Oscars or during yeah. the stream that we did earlier. I think with other years it will be different because we watch the movies mostly separately, and I'm are trying to make an effort to not talk about it too much before actually recording podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. But with these ones, we we know each other's opinions. Oh, we know know each other's opinions. Yeah, All Quiet, we were... I think you had more of an issue with it than I did, but I still yeah. didn't like it that much. <laughs> for, for fun fact, fun fact about about this movie: uh, it's a it's a piece of shit. <laughs> no, that's an overstatement. It's it's fine. It's fine. Imagine just. Oh, if just, I ever just, have um, to fucking look Edward Berger in the eye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like imagine. <laughs> yeah. No, this was a movie. It it was a movie. I think. Though, as best pe- uh, best pe- what? Okay, best picture. <laughs> yeah, my my best favorite Baxter. best picture. Um, as best picture nominee, it is better than as an adapted screenplay nominee because Absolutely. that was 
that it was nominated for that as well and i think that was mostly what angered us because i haven't personally read the book i know that you have and i from what you've told me and also from what i've read it's just really inaccurate to the book yeah that's my main issue with it is that it, this uh, as seen on its own is a, is a very good anti-war movie it, it it well maybe maybe but what it isn't is all quiet on the western front um <laughs> It's it, as its own uh, as a movie. It it is it is genuinely a very very beautiful piece of work. The soundtrack, if sometimes misplaced, is mesmerizing, and the, the visuals. But it isn't all quiet. It isn't. It just isn't. And to nominate it for like I, I'm fine with the best picture nomination, um, but having it best adapted screenplay nominated i mm, wish i could agree but i don't yeah because i think they left out like a really important piece of the book right where the book was more about i mean you can explain it better than i do because i haven't actually yeah. read the book but... what it comes down to is is that the, the 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 movie is very much about war is bad and the book is way more about the disconnect between being in war and then coming back and trying to resume your normal life which yeah which the movie just like cuts out all of that which yeah yeah feels off feels weird yeah but i feel like as a best picture nominee i i do get the nomination like it is shot beautifully absolutely like, I also i i very much agree with the best cinematography win that they got um it yeah, has yeah, good sound 100%. effects. It's just for me, the story isn't... So I haven't read the book, which maybe makes it a little bit more of an... Well, I wouldn't say objective, but it's a little... Like, my opinion is not related so much to the book um, as it is with you, I think. Yeah. Um, it's just... I felt like the characters were, weren't given a lot of depth. And I'm really into character-driven movies, especially because it just helps you kind of you know, feel with the characters. And these characters in All Quiet, I felt like they just did not have a personality, most of them anyway. Like, it's because they didn't. The guy with the glasses was just the guy with the glasses. Yeah, he was a like Yeah, and all of all of them, they didn't really ha- seem to have a very particular personality or anything like that, which just kind of made it feel like, oh, there's another death. Oh, there's another death. Oh, there's an And I'm sure that we're trying to... Like, of course, it is horrible that all these deaths are happening, but they didn't impact me as much as they would have if I would have cared about these characters. I think what they were going for very much is this this concept, right, of like, you know, you don't have time to get to know people in mm, war. You, yeah. you you know, you meet them and, and then they're dead. And that works really well for the characters that we meet in war, but it doesn't work for the main character's best friends who he's known since high school, but we've only known for exactly two minutes before the first three of them are dead. Mm, yeah, yeah. It just doesn't really. It doesn't. It doesn't have an impact, which is a, is a shame because I think as a lot of the later deaths had a lot more impact. There's one specific one involving a fork that. I, Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I thought that. I thought they did that quite well. Um, oh, I also thought the ending, which, again, if you re- if you compare it to the book's ending, maybe is not so good. But oh, if, I, if it's just on its own, I think the ending was pretty strong because it it really yeah got the point down of being like oh damn this is <laughs> this is this fucking is... futile yeah 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 we are, exactly. we are dying for nothing yeah yeah um I, I on its own i think the ending was really good but again the the, the entire reason the, the, the book is called all quiet on the western front is because it's a very genuinely quiet and 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 mm. very you know uneventful ending which this was 
the opposite of what was happening here. Yeah. Yeah. It's there's really not nothing not not that much more to say about it. There really isn't that more. much more. <laughs> Um, one one more fun little fact about uh, All Quiet, which is that um, out of the um, out of the awards it won, um, it, it it won four, which means that it's tied with um, Fanny and Alexander from 1982, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon from 2000, and Parasite from 2019 as the most awarded foreign language film in Academy Award history. Sheesh. <laughs> yeah. So they did they did good. They did, they did really good. good, and I I I think I feel like a lot of those. Makes sense. A lot of those were deserved. Yeah. I'm I'm upset that they won best original score over. <laughs> I I've forgotten who who my other nominees were, but there was one that I really really wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, Babylon, Babylon was nominated. Oh for yeah, I actually had that one with production design. I I think Babylon was my favorite for production design. But oh, we but we were going to get to Babylon yeah. in our honor, honorable mentions <laughs> yeah. because Babylon was snubbed. But that's... <laughs> We'll get there. Okay, what what is the next uh, Best Picture nominee? Um, so the next one on our list would be uh, Avatar, The Way of Water. Oh, good old Avatar. Talk about Avatar? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Avatar. Let's talk about Avatar. Uh, you want to you summarize Avatar, The Way of Water for me? There, was, there were avatars and there was water. Uh, <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's, she's I got know. it. She's boiled Avatar down to its bare essentials. It's crazy. No, yeah. So basically, Avatar 2... It doesn't exactly start where one leaves off. I don't remember where one leaves off because I didn't rewatch it or this thing. No, you did not. No. So Jake, uh, main character, is now has like a family with the avatars. Um, but then yeah, it's been like a, like what like twelve twelve years sixteen years sixteen Sorry. years. Yeah, he has three children now, and he's kind of adopted this human child. Um, we'll get to him. Technically, <laughs> one of his other children is also adopted. Just to say. Um, it's it's Sigourney Weaver's child. Oh yeah, yeah, right. She's Weaver. also adopted. There's kind of the people coming after them again, like the the humans are coming after them again. Um, and Jake is now on the Avatar side, and then they go to the place where avatars live in the water, and then war between the humans and the avatars, basically. Okay, trivia question. Oh god. Um, the Omatikaya are the people of the forest. What are, what are the what are the water people called? I. I don't know. <laughs> I wow, really do. fake Avatar fan. I am not a Avatar fan, but yeah. Mm. It's uh, it's the Metkayina. Oh, yes, of course. Mm, Those... You should have known, you know. Yeah, I should have, honestly. <laughs> Would you have known if you didn't have your cards? <laughs> no, not for, not for a second, <laughs> no. Okay, so Avatar 2, before the Oscar nominations were revealed... I My friends were trying to get me to watch this movie, and I was like, no. No, I will not watch it because Avatar 1, um, I did not enjoy because probably partly because I didn't watch it in a cinema when it came out. I watched it in, I think, 2019 or something just on a TV, which is, I mean, it's still super impressive, of course, what they did with Avatar 1. But uh, the story just didn't quite do it for me, I guess. I also want to quickly add to this that you turned it off in like the last, what, 10 minutes? Which yeah. is, you were so close. Why? I was <laughs> so just... close. I don't know. It's a long time ago, but I think I just really wanted a nap and it wasn't interesting enough for me to finish the last 10 minutes. Um, I think I've oh, never actually incredible. seen those last 10 minutes. So you maybe never... that's why I don't even know where one leaves off. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, we'll rewatch them. We'll rewatch them before the third one no, comes out. Yeah, in three years we'll rewatch it. That's fine. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, no. So everyone was trying to convince me to go watch Avatar 2. And I was like, no, I'm not going to watch that. But then it was nominated for a few things for the Oscars. So for the Oscars death race, I, I had to. And um, here we are. <laughs> I've watched it. Here and we are. It wasn't that bad. I actually thought it was pretty good. Honestly, like, first of all, of course, the visual effects are amazing. Like, that shit is impressive. Oh, yeah. They are phenomenal. There is... Yeah. But it is kind of... With the story... I really like the world building, um, but the story itself is a little bit basic, but I still enjoyed it. Like, it was not that it was annoyingly basic, I think. It was just not no, special, yeah. I'd say. It's also... I think that's also because for Avatar, the, the story is, is what gets our characters from A to B, right? The characters mm. are, are sort of fascinating because they have their own journeys, and then it's the visuals. That's just yeah. the main draw of it. Is Yeah. And, it's just um, how pretty everything is. The one thing that annoyed me... Um, and I, I do not want to be mean, <laughs> but the the character that is like the human that was adopted by what was his name again, Jake? I keep forgetting Jake, the name. Yeah. So basically, Poor the spider. Yeah, his name is Spider, the son who was adopted, uh, and he's the only human amongst all the avatars. And um, I did not like the actor, like not the actor himself, but like his acting skills were not 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 it for me. <laughs> It was very fun being in the cinema watching this movie with E because every single time this poor poor child would come on screen, you would just <laughs> from from my left, I just hear. <sighs> it's just it was an experience. It's just, I'm sure it was a really hard role to do because it it has these points where he just needs to growl at shit, and but it just doesn't come across. I just nah, I couldn't, I couldn't watch it. I mean, I'm sure it'll He'll get better. Be better. It'll get better. He's he's been in the movie with uh, Liam Neeson now, so he's he's picked up picked up some skills from your favorite actor. Listen, favorite? No, no, there's nothing wrong with Liam Neeson as an actor. I just don't like his movies. But <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I, I think that's that's also like there's not much to say about Avatar because there's not much that really happens. I think in, maybe like, good to mention is the frame, the framing, uh... the frame rate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 They do this thing very where so for like action scenes and stuff that's completely CGI they'll they'll go they'll go for for sixty frames per second fifty frames per second mm. fast frame rate anyway smooth frame 50, rate fifty I'm pretty and sure yeah it looks it looks visually stunning that is absolutely true mm. but the issue is that they then cut back for anything that isn't IMAX action stuff they cut back to thirty frames and this doesn't really matter if it's on a scene by scene basis but they do this on a shot by shot basis where you'll see like a cool like fight happening and explosions and all of that at 60 frames and then you'll get one reaction shot of a character which is just like half the frame rate and then they'll go back to the fast stuff and it was incredibly jarring uh, uh, to me at least because some of my my friends my parents for instance as well just did not notice this as an issue whatsoever and to me and another friend that we watched it with it was it actually like gave us headaches i didn't have that much trouble with it but i do get it i've uh, i've also looked it up and it was 48 and 24 frames per second 48 and 24 that makes sense just yeah. double double the, yeah yeah exactly. that, that makes that makes a lot, that of, makes sense, a lot of sense actually. but still <laughs> yeah but still um so yeah that is something especially if you're you know sensitive to, to, to stuff like that that's something to keep in mind um yeah when when watching this i, I, do, I do have a, a, a small fun fact on avatar okay. i suppose which is that uh, th- this movie originally uh, was announced to, to 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 be in production in 2010, 
The Oof. first movie came out in, in 2009. In 2006 already, uh, Cameron stated they would like to make sequels to Avatar. Mm-hmm. And he announced the, the first two sequels back in 2010, with this, this movie aiming for a 2014 release, uh, which Ooh. they, you know, almost made. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but they then he decided to add two more sequels. And um, he he wanted to develop new technology or, or new technology technology needed to develop uh, to film performance capture like mocap stuff underwater, which no one had ever done before. This is the first movie that's ever filmed mocap underwater, mm-hmm. which is incredibly impressive. impressive. Yeah, yeah, but that that did lead to significant delays. Um, so they started filming this with the third film in 2017, yeah. um, and then. They shot this for three years. Um, it the, the shooting ended in 2020. Oh, my with God. With an estimated budget of about $460 million. Damn. Yeah. Um, so our next movie is quite probably my second favorite. Okay. Which is Banshees. Mm, yes, yes. I, I fucking love the Banshees <laughs> of Inishirin. Everything about this movie works for me. Every single thing. It was robbed. <laughs> it was robbed. It was robbed. It sh- it should have won best screenplay, um, and it didn't. And I'm I'm very upset that it didn't. I'm not too upset that it didn't because you know everything everywhere won was, best screenplay. Yeah, yeah. For real, deserved, but... very deserved. But I Banshees, you know, good, very good. Yeah, I think you enjoyed it a little bit more than I did, but I still think it was just a good movie. Like I I just really I I did really like the screenplay. I think it was just a tad slow for me um yeah. but i i honestly think it might have also just been the mood i was in when i was watching it i'm not sure that's that's understandable uh the, the banshees of inishrin is about two friends uh, on an irish island inishrin um and one of them one day decides that he just doesn't want to be friends with the other one anymore and the other one is not very fond of that doesn't doesn't really like it um and this this shit snowballs. And yeah, I, it escalates. Like <laughs> it escalates, and mm. it is genuinely. It, I have I really it's really hard for me to put into words what I like about this movie yeah. because I think it's way more than the sum of its parts. Mm. Um, but it feels very comfortable. Yeah, I get that. I also feel I, like it, with this movie, you need to go into it. Oh, you don't need to go into it not knowing how it escalates, but it is much better if you don't. Going in blind definitely makes a movie work more. Yeah, because yeah. because what it essentially is, is 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 two and a half hours of not that much happening, but you genuinely there is no clue as to what's going to happen. Next. Yeah. So two and a half hours of not much happening, but it was two and a half hours of me at the edge of my seat wondering when something was going to happen and what it would be, um, rather yeah. than me going. Oh fuck! This is boring for two and a half hours, which is a very impressive feat. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't have much more to say about the Banshees. I think because I just neither, but that's also because I I don't (laughs) want to talk about it in too much detail because I I want people to watch this. Yeah, I would say I, I I thought it was pretty good. I, I, yeah, I think I had it on my number three, so that's still really solid. But um, yeah, I think I think we just had our number number two and three swapped. Yeah, 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 because I know, yeah, and and but our number one. Is is it's base? You know, it's the basic opinion. It's, for both of us, it's, it's either number two or three because the number one is is that clear. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's it's a very solid number two for me. Yeah, it, it's a very solid number three for me. I don't think anything anything else would get into the top three for me, except for like you know my top three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's our top three. It's as well. crazy. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so a couple of fun facts about banshees. Um, 
Except for poor, poor Brendan Gleeson, every one of our four main actors has won an award somewhere. Oh. Um, yeah, Mr. Mr. Farrell won um, the Best Actor at the Golden Globes. Keegan and Condon both won a BAFTA for Best Actor and Actress in, mm. a, in a Supporting Role, respectively. And and, and poor poor Mr. Gleason won nothing. Got oh. nothing. I mean, to be fair, he was he was really good. Don't get me wrong. But out of the four, I would have also. I, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. I I I think he was. But that's also because that's just how he was written. He was yeah. supposed to be the more yeah. sort of like calm and, and not as not as you know intensive or expressive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, and one more fun fact about this movie, which I think is I think this is I think this is my favorite fact about all of the movies that we're talking about tonight. Mm-hmm. Every single sweater in this movie was hand knitted. <laughs> oh, I love that. There was one one woman who was the costume designer who put a lot of thought into this. Um, f- for instance, um, our, our main character, Mr. Colin Farrell, um, h- his sweater. Um, she essentially said, um, "I really wanted to envision what kind of sweater his sister would genuinely be motivated to make for him." I can imagine her thinking, oh my god, the winter's going to be very cold. I'm going to knit him a little jumper. <sighs> and that's how she approached every piece of clothing in in this movie. And oh, oh my god. Oh it's my amazing. God. So yes. We love to see it. It's incredible. It's incredible. She had a team, obviously, to help her knit things. But the, mm. the, 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 still, like, the idea is, is really cool. I love it. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's Banshees Yeah, for me. Yeah, me too. All right, cool. So next up in our um in our little little list here is uh, is Elvis. 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 I thought Elvis was pretty good. Yeah, I I thought Elvis was like yeah, it was it was really good actually. Yeah. I um I I so uh, we discussed Elvis as a as a best editing nomination before I'd actually watched the movie and then I watched it and I was like, well, and I suddenly understand the best editing. Yeah. Yeah, it has fair. The whole I comic I comic booky. Yeah, it, like in hindsight, I also get it when we talked about it more. At first, when I I saw it, I think just after I'd seen it, I had already forgotten what it was like. But then you mentioned like the way they do like the, well, the way they edited it, and I was like, oh yeah, that's right, that happened. Yeah, that was pretty sick. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty solid. It was uh yeah. So Elvis obviously is um is a movie about about Elvis Presley. It's his life. That's that's what the movie is. Yep. Um, but it it frames him. It frames it like a sort of superhero comic, which I think is very... It's a very fascinating take on, on mm. Elvis, but I, I'm i am here for it, I think. I quite liked it. I, I really liked it. Uh, I, I think it was one of those movies for me where I was like... It, I, it was... It's not something where I would necessarily recommend it to other people or something like that. Or, well, maybe I would recommend it, but it's not the first movie that would come to mind when recommending something to someone. Yeah. Um, but I, I just... it, it was like... I really enjoyed watching it. And I think it was also just from... Like a more artistic perspective, it was really good. Absolutely, I, I think it's one of those movies that I'd absolutely recommend to anyone who enjoyed either um, Rocket Man or like Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's it's a very very specific. I've never actually seen genre. Rocket Man, I so think... I can't compare. Rocket Man, I think, also got some got some Oscar nominations at some okay. point. I'm I'm not sure if it ever got a Best Picture though. Uh, but it, it it is it is the one I would recommend most out of the three. I think it's the okay. most accessible. I think it's the the. I think it's the best, but I still think Elvis is, is really solid. Yeah, it was really solid. I The one thing that maybe wasn't great and is also, I, I think, universally to, kind of accepted. Yeah, it was also kind of universally accepted as not being that great is 
uh, Tom Hanks and his, well, mostly his accent. I don't think his acting was yeah. necessarily that bad, but no, the but accent... No, the, the accent dragged it down. So, like, Tiho and I are Dutch, so... We are, very. And the character Tom Hanks is supposed to portray also is, like, originally Dutch, so his accent should be Dutch, but it really isn't. <laughs> mm, I don't know. I don't know what it's what it is. But it's, it's not, not Dutch. That. <laughs> it's not Dutch, um, which is... Yeah. It's I'm, I, I just wonder how that happened. I didn't actually look it up, but I'm I'm sure he worked with like an accent coach or something. I, I just don't... I really don't understand it. But yeah, I think that was kind of the worst criticism that not only we, but kind of everyone had. Yeah, <laughs> very much. I have, well, fun facts, fun facts about this movie. There was, there was a lot of people who were considered for the role of Elvis Presley, um, including Ansel Elgort, Miles Teller, right. uh, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, and Harry Styles. Um, <laughs> but it, in the end, of course, went to, to Austin Butler, who uh, kept doing the Elvis accent for months after filming, only stopping about a month or two before the Oscars. To be fair, it was, he was really good as Elvis. I, he was I really good as Elvis. I completely get his nomination for Best Actor. Absu- absolutely. However... I do think it's very important to remember that filming wrapped in March 2021 and he kept the accent going for over a year. He was in character. He was in character. Yeah. Yeah. He was. He he was. (laughs) Yep. He sure was. (laughs) Not much else to say about um, Elvis. About Elvis. Well, actually, one more thing to say about Elvis, which is a a, a nice little compliment for Mr. Butler, uh, which is the fact that Lisa Marie Presley, uh, Elvis's daughter, uh, praised the film in an Instagram post. She saw it twice and then stated that Austin Butler channeled and embodied my father's heart and soul beautifully. No. In my humble opinion, his performance is unprecedented and finally done accurately and respectfully. Which I I, I think that's probably like the, the biggest praise you could possibly yeah. get as an actor. Yeah. Yeah, that's, cra- that's a crazy praise. So... Um. Yeah, that's Elvis. I think. Yeah. Next movie. Oh, next movie! You're gonna love this. Uh... It's everything, everything everywhere, everywhere, all, all at, at once. once. Yes. Okay. Do you want to summarize this? You want to? Oh, do I? <laughs> do you want to try summarizing this? That's a task. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once is about a family. The main character is like Evelyn, uh, a woman who immigrated to america with her husband and she now has a teenage daughter i think she's teenage or at least she has a daughter that is early early 20s i think early 20s grown up um and oh there is a lot of things going on but basically they immigrated they now have a laundry place that is not doing too well um and they go to the irs i guess (laughs) <laughs> sort of yeah i suppose yeah, yeah. um and uh but there her husband turns into this whole other person basically and tells her that there's this multiverse and that she needs to save it um and that's where it all kind of the madness starts so there are like yeah it's the multiverse so there are there are many universes in in each of them Different choices were made by Evelyn or by everybody in general. But in each universe, Evelyn has made a different choice in, you know, her life. And that has led her to lead many different lives in all of these universes. Um, And in... Oh my god, this is such a long explanation. But (laughs) basically, she can use the skills of those 
Evelyn's in other universes and she needs to use those skills in order to defeat the main bad guy or in this case girl of the movie. I would say that's as far as I can go without that's spoiling accurate. anything. Yeah, it's it's essentially just multiverse jumping madness. Um, yeah, that's the short version, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know you've been, I was going to say waiting to talk about this. This is not true. You've been talking about this consistently <laughs> since we saw it to anyone and everyone who will listen. Mm. Um, and I understand and agree. Yeah, it's just, it. I, yeah. think it's, I think it's a really good movie and I think it, it is definitely my number one for a, what should win. Um, for, Absolutely for best picture and many other categories. Um, yeah, uh, sh- shall we just quickly say, uh, leading the Oscars this year, nominated oh, yeah. eleven categories. Oh my god, El- eleven nominations. That's <laughs> which is mad, absolutely crazy. It's just I don't even know where to start. Like there are so many aspects of this movie that is that are so impressive. Like first of all, of course, the script is like just like it's it's kind of this. The genre is also kind of comedy. It's this. I don't even know what what genre to put it in exactly, but part of it is comedy. Yeah. And just, like, the kind of wacky things this movie gets up to, but while still hitting all of the emotional stuff incredibly well. Like, I'm I'm the kind of person that will not be emotional very quickly, especially watching movies. But I was in the theater. I was like, oh, I was crying. I was like, yeah, that got uh, me. The, it got me. <laughs> the, the amount of times that i've seen e cry i think i can count on one hand and i think i i think i could use the hand that's missing a finger and still be able to count it on one hand right this this was this was an experience yeah it's just Again, like for let's let's give an example for i mean if there's still anyone out there that hasn't actually seen it because i feel like if you point, haven't seen if you haven't seen everything everywhere it. and you're you're listening to an oscars podcast <laughs> what the fuck are you doing with your life but yeah no. i'm sorry but do watch it uh, yeah please do watch it but for example there's this universe where they have uh, hot dog fingers, right? Like their fingers are hot dogs, it's so and then the way they stupid. still are able to use that universe to actually yeah. use it, like as an emotional weight, is that's insane. Absolutely, the this, the fact that they got away with fucking sausage fingers as an emotional core yeah. plot of the movie is is it's mad, crazy. crazy, and also. I feel like that's the script part, but there's also so many other parts of it that are so good. Like the editing is amazing. God, the way the they planned it out to like some there are like they planned out so many transitions in advance because they go so well with like one person moves her head and then in the next universe she's still like moving her head in that direction. Like it cuts perfectly and it's super impressive. And also I feel like production wise um, I should actually look up how many days they filmed, but it was not a lot. It wasn't. Um, and I know, like, of course there's green screens and whatever, but still the fact that they got this done in general, also for being, like, a relatively small budget movie, is... That's insane. <laughs> to, to give you um, 38 days. Yeah. 38 days of shooting. How? Um, how? Well, it, for, for example, the fanny pack fight at the beginning took a day and a half. Yeah. But like for, That's crazy. in general, like that is genuinely mad. But like thirty-eight days, and then also I think I, God, I wish I could put the source for this, but I read somewhere that they cut out like a lot of stuff. Like they still, they, yeah, yeah. they and the, oh my the, god, the, fir- the first cut ran around a uh, hundred and seventy minutes, and the final product ended up being a uh, hundred and thirty-nine. They cut out half an hour of movie. It's that's insane to me that they got that much. On film it's crazy. and then still and also give me work. that half hour i want the extended yeah, edition yeah. please please daniels if you're listening uh daniel kwan and daniel <laughs> if you're listening, give it to us please <laughs> yeah 
But yeah, no, yeah I don't know. Is... All, I only have praise for every. I don't even have any criticism. I don't. I. <laughs> no, I have zero critic. This is a movie that it. it I... So the thing is, right? Uh, my brain wants to go. It's it's not perfect. But then again, I cannot think of any things that aren't perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I I have some. I have a lot of uh, a lot of fun facts here. Um, all of the visual effects for this movie were done in-house by about five people. The Daniels yeah. uh, had, a, had a negative experience with dedicated post-production for the previous film, so they were like, you know what, fuck it, we're doing it ourselves. Deirdre, the woman played by Jamie Lee Curtis, was based on a picture of a real IRS agent that one of the Daniels found online. Oh my God. And Curtis was like, you know what, I want to emulate this. Oh. Um, and she wanted the character to be as real as possible, so she uh, declined a prosthetic belly for the film and decided to just use her real human fat. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> Which I think... I, that's that's wonderful. So the ob- the obvious thing uh, is Kei Hui Kwan coming back yeah. from to, to acting from like he he hadn't acted since since two thousand two, which is oh well incredible to then come back and also win an Oscar win an award oh immediately yeah and, and on top of that while we're while we're talking Oscars this this movie is the third movie ever to win three of the four acting awards after uh 1951's a streetcar named desire and 1976's uh network this is this is the third movie that's ever done that which is crazy that is crazy but deserved oh incredibly deserved while we're on this uh michelle Yeoh is the first asian identifying nominee for for um for best actress uh, I say Asian identifying because back in 1936 uh, we had Merle Oberon, who was in fact Asian and was in fact nominated for an Academy Award, but she hid that. No one knew that. Oh. Uh, she she hid her Eurasian heritage throughout her entire career. Um, she 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 essentially just decided that she was white and ran with it because 1930s Hollywood was not a very kind place. That's super interesting, though. I, I, it's very I, interesting, yeah. Oh. So she's the first. She's the first um, Asian identifying, identifying okay. nominee, but not not technically the first Asian nominee okay. on a technicality, of course. Yeah, but still a slay. Yeah, still, it's still incredibly impressive, and the fact that it's been you know it's been nineteen since nineteen thirty six. That's still there's, you know, it's been some fucking time. Yeah. Also, the the script was originally written for Jackie Chan, but then they wanted it to be a woman, so they named the woman Michelle Wang after Michelle Yeoh. Um, but then they cast Michelle Yeoh, and they were like, "Well, calling her Michelle now is a bit is a bit fucked, so we should maybe change her name <laughs> no. to Evelyn." Um, let's see what else we've got. There's a lot. There's a lot of fun stuff about this movie. Oh yeah, uh, in early drafts of the screenplay, uh, the directors planned for uh, the main character to have undiagnosed ADHD, um, and by researching ADHD, one of the Daniels found out that he had undiagnosed ADHD. Right, I I, I heard about that. Did you also so, know that the Daniels both make an appearance in the uh, in the movie? I did indeed know that. Yes, I um, only noticed the on, second I time know... I watched it because I I hadn't actually seen them before. Like I hadn't seen how they looked the, like yeah. before. We uh, saw it for the first time, but then I, when I rewatched it, I was like, "Hey, that's that's one of the Daniels." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think one of them, one of them is like a district manager, and the other one gets sucked into yeah. the into the bagel. Yeah. That's if you've not seen the movie, that doesn't make sense, <laughs> which is why you should watch the movie. Sucked into, into a bagel. bagel. <laughs> um, on that note, I think we should we should we continue should to on. the next yeah, movie. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this this movie. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Absolutely. Oh yeah, of course, of course it is. Um, 
so our next our next lovely little little movie is the fablemans <laughs> okay okay listen. or how steven spielberg got into film <laughs> okay listen i think you have some thoughts i have some thoughts i do i do have some <laughs> thoughts indeed I okay. So let, let's start with the fact that the Fablemans is is essentially Steven Spielberg origins. It's yeah. it's a it's an it's a semi biographical film about himself and his own family, which I think is a very lovely concept. Mm-hmm. I also think that it's very much a love letter to to maybe not so much film generally, but his love of film specifically. Yeah. Um, what it means to him, what it means to a lot of people, and and the beauty that can be filmmaking. I also think it's unrealistic as shit. <laughs> I mean. To be fair, I think he stayed pretty true to what happened to him specifically, but That's it's not true, very realistic for most people. No, it, it felt very much like it was trying to be... Besides, of course, the fact that it was meant to be a biographical movie, it also felt tonally like it was supposed to be sort of like this sort of motivational movie of like, you know, if you really want something, you can you can set your mind to it. But then it kind of muddles that in the in the final bit of the movie, slight spoilers, by going, you can do anything if you set your mind to it, and also if you get a free interview with one of the biggest directors on the planet. <laughs> yeah, I, I I get that. I don't think I I liked the movie better than you did. Um, yes, I, I you would did. say yeah. that I still didn't like it as much as people are praising it. I think like I I, I thought it was good. I didn't re- necessarily come out of the cinema being like, whoa, I was I'm blown away. Um, but I do think it was able to capture some of the magic of cinema, for me at least. This is true. But, you know, if, if we're talking about movies capturing the magic of cinema, I really have to start holding myself back from going on a Babylon rant. <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll get to that, we'll get to that. We'll get we'll get um, there, but yeah. But yeah, with The Fablemans, I, I felt like it, it I, I liked it in the way that it, it had a few different kind of stories to tell. With like his parents, uh, like marital problems, and him going to a new school, and things like that, and interwoven throughout all of that was like his love for movies, and those were also I think the parts I liked the most. And it it does get a little bit like, oh here we have a new storyline, oh here we here we have a new storyline. But for me at least, I felt like it was still kind of all connected in a way at least. Um, I. I think when I walk, when we walked out of the cinema, and this, I, I think my original statement was this would have worked better as a couple of short films. Yeah. I retract that statement, <laughs> but I do think it would have worked better as a limited series hmm. okay. if it had been like a couple of episodes with a, with a through line rather than. Yeah. It felt a bit too disconnected for me. I get that. I don't. I didn't really have that problem, but I I do get it. I, yeah. I think I mostly just like the scenes where the main character actually has a camera in his hand. I I think those were very that, 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 I agree. Those were absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. The the him actually making movies was was a, a and problem. again basic opinion. But the final shots that that was good. Sh- that was really final shot was, was really, really amazing. I, final, I'm not gonna, final shot was my favorite. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna spoil it. Um, also, I didn't get it the first time I watched it because I'm a bit of a dumb dumb sometimes. I'm a bit dumb. <laughs> but, but no, no, no. To be fair, you were, sometimes you're a dumb dumb. But also at this point, we'd been like we 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 were three movies. Yeah. In. To be fair, yeah. Your brain was a bit. Cooked. For the Oscars, that phrase like we did some some days we did like two or three movies, and the Fablemans was the third movie we did that day in the cinema. And yeah at the end of it i i guess my brain must have been a little bit bright a <laughs> little bit little bit yeah um no but besides besides the, the final shot which was obviously the best thing about the movie um my other favorite scene was was judd hirsch judd hirsch had a had a role in this movie mm-hmm. got a best best supporting actor nomination um mm-hmm. 
woefully underused, I think. Mm. I think if this movie had a bit more Judd Hirsch, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. I think his character added a lot of a lot of stuff to the movie that I wish was there for a bit longer. I think he did really good. I don't know if I agree with the support uh, supporting actor nomination, mostly because was he really a supporting actor? He was actor? there for like five minutes. He was more he was of a cameo. cameo, I feel like. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> he did act very well, so. He did. He did, he did a phenomenal job. Um, but yeah. Um, speaking of uh, Mr. Mr. Hirsch, uh, I have a fun fact about him, which is the fact that he uh, set a record this year um, for the longest gap between acting nominations in uh, Academy Award. Oh. Acting. Yeah, um, the last time he was nominated for uh, an acting uh, award was in Ordinary People in 1980. Man. <laughs> yeah, twenty no forty two years of not being nominated. But having uh, that long of a for, career for an acting award, man, impressive. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. The fact that the fact that he's he was nominated again now, mm-hmm. forty two years later, is is wonderful. And there's there's another record that was broken on this movie by Mr. John Williams, who uh, who composed. Oh yeah. For this movie, yes, Mr. Williams by this movie became the oldest competitive nominee ever at at ninety years old oh. when being nominated, and ninety one during the award ceremony itself, actually. Um, that's amazing incredible yes yes absolutely and he also broke his own record as being uh, the most nominated living person oh my god uh, at 53 awards that used to be 52 it's 53 now let's the go only, the only person still ahead of him is the sadly deceased Walt Disney at 59 uh, Academy oh, Award nomination. That makes sense, but I never knew. Yeah, no, I, I read this and I was like oh yeah it makes sense that Walt Disney would be the most nominated motherfucker on the planet <laughs> but also and I, I never like would have considered that yeah, exactly. on, on my own. So yeah, uh, it, it, I really hope, I really, really do hope that he can maybe poop out like six more nominations um, before before passing. I really do. He needs but he needs to hurry a little bit. I think but... he needs to he needs to hurry a bit. Yeah, I, I'm 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 hoping though. Yeah, I you know, yeah. fingers crossed for this man because if anyone deserves to kick Walt Disney off of this spot, it's Mr. Williams. Mm. Um, I think I think that's all my fun facts on the. All right, ones. then we we go to the next. Oh, you're gonna love this. Oh, it's Tar. Yes, let's go. Yeah, it's we're Tar. gonna get to talk about Tar. Isn't that exciting? Yes, that's exciting. I really like Tar. I know you did. Um, yes, it's about a woman called Lydia Tar, who is played by Kate Blanchett. Um, and she is the conductor uh, for many famous orchestras. She's a famous conductor, basically. The movie is kind of about. She has this position of power basically because she's really famous as a conductor and how she misuses that and it's just kind of two hours of i would say like mostly the first half is just kind of her doing some questionable things or maybe even the first one and a half hours and then slowly towards the end you kind of see how all of the previous things that happened are now impacting her I think that's really cool it is uh, uh, we've had this conversation yeah. before i feel they didn't quite go far enough with it mm. but that's because we very much i wouldn't necessarily say disagree but we agree to varying extents on on the message the movie is trying to yeah. send and how they're trying yeah, to portray true. its main character true which i think is is one of the movie's strengths is how much people will be talking about this because yeah. it, it it allows you to to really really interpret this in, in multiple ways this is the one i'm probably most excited about rewatching because mm. i'm i kind of want to go in through it with a with a different stance and and see how i come out of it the other end yeah i i mean i'm always up for rewatching this one so we can just go to the cinema again it's still going so <laughs> it's still go- I'm, I'm honestly down we still have free free passes so um, yeah let's let's yeah. do it but yeah no i also really like kate blanchett in it also because um 
she looks really good in this movie. <laughs> but also yeah, a bit of a bit of a cape blanket. <laughs> nah, I'd never. Mm. But also I just genuinely think she had such a good performance where she just kind of found a like she is perfect for the role also. Well, that would be uh, because Todd Field um, wrote the script for Kate yeah, Blanchett okay. and said yeah. that he wouldn't, he would not have made the movie if she would not have wanted to. That play makes the main a lot of sense. Which makes she a lot is of kind sense. Of yeah, perfect for the role, but she also just kind of how perfect. she sometimes finds like the subtleties of, you know, her expressions are like, I don't know, absolutely very subtle. I also the, the climax of this movie, amazing. I'm not gonna spoil it, but oh god. See, so but that's good. that's again where we disagree. A lot of people have said that the first thirty mo- minutes and the last thirty minutes of the movie are the, the best bits. I thought those two were the worst bits. I I enjoyed the middle a lot more. I get that. I get that. I don't necessarily have the thing where I think the first and last bits were the best. I just really like the climax of you know what happened. At oh, you know, I I understand. <laughs> I I very much appreciate the, the how it ends mm. up. Um, I do have to say, if you there is like a few trailers, the one that we got to watch in the cinema is a little bit misleading because it, it makes it look like much more of an art house film than it actually is. Yeah, the the movie itself is a lot more direct than the marketing yeah. made it seem. I think. Yeah. Um. Anything else on tour? I anything else on tour? Uh. One one little fun fact on tour. Um, which is that all diegetic music, which is that uh, diegetic meaning the, the music that's in the movie mm-hmm. as as in being played in the movie, was recorded live on set. Every every single, all of the pianoing, all of the cello, all of the Dresden Philharmonic uh, performances, all of these were, were recorded live on set. That, which I think is very impressive. That is an utter sleigh. That is, that is a bit of a sleigh. An absolute sleigh, <laughs> yes. And a, a little fun fact that I, I personally really, really strongly enjoyed... Which is that uh, Hildur Gunnadottir uh, did the score for this movie, mm-hmm. and I think she is the fucking bomb. And in the beginning, when Miss Lydia Tarr was talking about like the greatest musical uh, influencers ever, Hildur got a little shout out. Aww. They 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 named her. They named her in the in the in the thing as Aww. like you know one of one of the greatest. And I thought that was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, uh, also I because that. Hildur is a like her her main instrument is the cello. Um. So, especially for this movie, very, very relevant. And mm. I, yeah, give give Hildur more love. She she deserves. It. She deserves the world. It's also with Tar. Yeah. Actually, um, the credits are at the beginning of it. They are but like yeah. the 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 song that that is under it. So you you kind of have to hear it because you know it's at the start of the movie. You can't walk away out of the cinema. But it's so good. I really liked it. It is. All right. Well, I guess I guess uh, we can move on. <laughs> Hazard to guess what the next one is? Triangle of Sadness? No, if you've just had Tar, there's one more before that. Top Gun Maverick? Top Gun Maverick! Yeah. 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 What a fucking movie. Okay, listen. Top Gun Maverick is a movie that is good. It's a sequel to the original Top Gun that was in the 1980s, I think it came out. Yeah, 1986. And it is about, like, the main character from that movie is still alive and... uh... Of course he is. Tom Cruise isn't dead. (laughs) Well, no, he's not that old. I was talking about his character, not Tom Cruise. (laughs) Anyway, uh, he's still alive and he is going... (laughs) No, sorry, I gotta pause. It's such a weird thing to preface that by going, the main character is still alive. Of course he is. His name is in the fucking title. Well, maybe people don't know him. I was just saying, maybe, maybe some oh, people would okay. think that it. it well, I don't, okay. No. Yeah. Sure. Keep going. <laughs> the main character is still alive. He is. And he, he sure is, is dude. Yep. Dude. And he is now going to teach the youngsters. So basically, the new 
fighting like it, it's like a fighter pilots all of them and he's going to teach the youngsters because there's this dangerous mission that's gonna go down and they need to be able to execute it but the thing is it's it's like a good it's it's not a it's like an it can be an enjoyable movie especially i feel like in a cinema i didn't actually see it in a cinema because i was too late but same i think it is an enjoyable movie there's just some problems with it that if you're trying to look yeah. at it from a bit as of a, a more as critical a, a, perspective it you know mm, a best picture perspective yeah. a best adapted screenplay perspective <laughs> chance um there's some you know, issues there's some stuff there i i do i do need to preface this right because i think if every single 80s nostalgia bait sequel was as good as top gun maverick i'd be a lot happier yeah. in life i i think what it did uh, it, it, it it's it wanted to be a sequel to top gun and i think it did that perfectly yeah. i think i think it was really really good for what it was i just do not believe that it it deserved <laughs> any nominations beyond the technical ones mm. yeah because I, th- I do think that, that like the, the visual effects and, and stuff oh, were really, really those good. were really good um yeah. i think both of both of us the main issue that we have is the new characters are oh a little God. bit one-dimensional L- little do you want to which which uh which youngster was your favorite was it was it the nerd or was it the cool guy was it the guy who's a bit of an asshole was it the the guy who is not white and therefore only talks in slang or was it woman who who is a woman and that she uh also she is a woman i think it was actually the other woman uh, i think it was the, oh, right. the, the, the love the, interest yes yeah yes we we have two women <laughs> one of them is woman who is woman and cool and woman and the other woman is really likes tom cruise and that's, <laughs> that's, her, that's character. her character yeah <laughs> literally this this woman's daughter has more of a personality than the woman herself yeah it's so basically all of them get one personality trait and that's kind of it except maybe like the 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 younger guy that is kind of the na- main character. Oh next yeah, he had to, a, he had a bit of depth. The main character yeah, yeah, yeah. next to Tom Cruise, but all of the others are, yeah, they and yeah. the amount of jokes they make about there be there being one woman amongst the group. Is, oh my oh. god, I could not fucking take it. <laughs> I could not take the, fa- the, the the there was the, the, the uh, she was a woman and that was all they ever spoke about was like oh you're a woman uh, you're just gonna let them call you wing man because uh, get it because you're a woman yeah oh. i think they were like yeah let's make it like not super sexist so let's put a woman in there and let's actually you know reiterate that she's a woman but by doing so they made her like the woman have no character yeah also, we'll go through the through them really quickly. We have we have Mister Hangman, yeah. who is called Hangman because he leaves you out hanging, and that's he's an asshole, and that's his character trait. Um, then there's Bob. Bob has glasses, and therefore he's the nerd. <laughs> we have how oh, else do we go? Oh, we have Phoenix, right? That's the woman who is a woman. Um, then there's oh, fuck. I don't even. One of them was uh, <laughs> Payback. I don't know. They're not memorable characters. I watched this like a month ago, but Fritz. Uh huh. Yo, Harvard Halo. Uh huh. I remember fanboy. He was yeah. He was a fanboy. (laughs) And yeah, of course. Then then there there was the Tom Cruise love interest who was he? It was his rekindled love interest, but it wasn't the woman from the first movie. Mm. They it was a different woman who he was presumably in love with in between the two movies. 
and then they and then they brought her back from not having been there. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily wrong, but no, no, no. But I think if you're you know going for full eighties nostalgia, why not invite the woman back who was the woman in your first movie? I uh, actually do have an answer to that. I know I know why that is. You want to know why that is? Okay. She is no longer sexy. Oh. That she has upsetting. gotten old, and she's she's not aged as beautifully as the rest of as Tom Cruise, for instance. Yeah. Um, so they've just they've oh, not gotten her back. No, that's upsetting. I mean, Ooh. obviously, this this is speculation. Yeah, okay. I should say, yeah, yeah. but the fact that she has gone on record saying, "I yeah, I didn't get a call." Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, do we do we really have anything else to say? I think the fly. I think it should get credit for the flight scenes, even though. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that they so actually they recorded the flight scenes in actual you know planes and actual planes yes that is super impressive but i feel like you can tell a little by their acting because there there's nothing wrong with the acting in most of this movie but i i feel Usually, like you can yeah. tell that they can't have their full focus on acting when they're in those planes yeah absolutely to be fair like on the on the whole um and plane thing it is impressive that all of it was done practically some of the shots with planes flying really close together were like you know filmed separately and then overlaid. But pretty much every plane you see in this movie was an actual. Yeah, plane that's really flying. cool. That's um, really cool. I think in general, by actual Tom Cruise as well, because Tom Cruise is just like that. <laughs> yeah, but also like the just the tricks they did with it is it's just yeah it's really fun to look at. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see some some fun facts about this movie. Mm-hmm. China was originally investing money in the movie, but then they pulled out out of concerns that the themes would anger the Chinese government. Hmm. There is more. Hang on, I just had one a second ago. Hang on. Hangman? <laughs> hang, hang You're going to leave me hanging, Tito? I'm going to leave you hanging. <laughs> um, yes, okay, so here's here's the, the really fun bit. This movie was sued. Oh, it was? Yes, yeah, there was a big lawsuit. Um, the first film was inspired by a California magazine article called Top Guns, which was written in 1983. Mm-hmm. Uh, and therefore, they were uh, the, the the guy who wrote this, or the family who who wrote uh, of the guy who wrote this article, sued the 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 company Paramount for copyright infringement over the release of Top Gun Maverick. Why Top Gun Maverick um, and not Top Gun? Because for the same rules that um, Top Gun Maverick counts as adapted screenplay because it's a sequel, this would also be adapted from the same magazine article and therefore... But um, they didn't sue for the original movie. They did not because um, I think for the original movie they they had like a deal or something? Mm. Yeah, they obtained um, exclusive film rights to Yone's article... Um, but they ignored the 35-year copyright law, which means that the rights would have reverted to him after his death in, in um, 2012. They would have reverted back to, to his family in 2020. Um, I, th- okay. I think the lawsuit is still ongoing. I don't think it's been decided yet, but Paramount is arguing that most of the sequel had been complete before uh, they received notice of the copyright's termination uh, and therefore denying that it's it's derived from the article. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Good, good fact. So we're gonna. I don't know if it's a fun fact, but it's a good fact. Yeah, it's it's a good, yeah, it's an interesting fact. Not not necessarily fun, yeah. um, but I'm intrigued, especially because apparently a third movie is in in discussions. Oh, no. You wanna hazard a little guess at the title? The first one was Top Gun, and this one was Top Gun, uh, Top Maverick. Gun Maverick. This, what do you think? The, what, what was the other guy called? Is it Top Gun? Uh, is it the Top Gun, and then the name of that youngster that he was teaching? Rooster, absolutely, Top Gun Rooster. Um, 
seller has been pitching this. It, it is called um, Top Gun Rooster. Top Gun Rooster. Oh yes, he's been God. he's been pitching it, and he's currently in active talks with Tom Cruise to develop it. But again, it's not been officially announced. The fact that this I could all... guess that is it's fucked, isn't Ooh. it? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit upsetting. Okay, I see. So yeah, Top Gun Rooster. Can't wait. Can't wait to watch that for the Best Picture nominations in about three or four years. No, they'll have listened to the podcast. They'll have taken all the notes. It'll be good. <laughs> It'll be good. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh-huh. maybe this time we'll have two women who who, <laughs> who now can bond over being a woman maybe we'll pass the Bechdel test who knows I sincerely doubt that <laughs> alright uh, I think we have two yeah two movies, two movies left. left indeed I assume now it is Triangle of Sadness it is now indeed Triangle I'm, I'm of gonna Sadness. let you do the summary on that one Yes, Triangle of Sadness is about two supermodels who are in a very, very, very tentative but loving but slightly tentative relationship who go on a big yacht trip. Uh, they're not that rich necessarily. They won the yacht trip, but they are now strapped on a yacht with a whole fuck ton of rich people and also the poor, poor people who have to attend to these rich people. And I, I do not want to tell you anything that happens on the yacht because genuinely this movie is still very, very, very very even even like even stevens whether this or tar is my my third mm. um for the year i really enjoyed this it's very eat the rich but i've i i strongly enjoyed this movie um and the shit that happens on that yacht i oh, i had a time i had a wonderful wonderful time <laughs> i was sitting it. next to him in the cinema and just him laughing every i was cackling it's, it's a dark off. comedy so there's a lot of you know a little dark humor um yeah i had I enjoyed it less than you did. I still think it's a good movie. Um, I there's, think there's just a half hour somewhere in the middle. There's half an hour in the middle that is. I wouldn't say not, it's bad your, objectively. It's just not my taste of humor. Yeah, and I also still think it's the movie is divided into three parts, and I still think that the third part should have either not been, been there or been a lot shorter. I feel like it really dragged on for me in the last bit. Yeah, I, I feel like it does tie everything together. I feel like the third part is important uh, as, as being mm-hmm. there. I just also think it should be it should have been a lot shorter. I think they they really they could have done with like at least twenty or thirty minutes less in the last part. I think um, my favorite bit was actually the first part because they. I feel like I can say this without it really being a spoiler. They the two supermodels go to this restaurant. And they get into an argument about who's going to pay the bill. And it takes super long. But that's what's good about it. Like, it, it goes on for so long that you're watching and being like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, please just settle this and stop being being like this. But that's exactly the point of it. And it's it's great. I love it's it. It's really good. I, I, I do find that to be very much how the rest of the movie is as well. In the sense that it's all... It's very realistic dialogue, which means that a lot of it is like dragged out and repetitive, but in a very entertaining. There's mm. there's one conversation that I can I can share without spoiling much between the the rich woman who's in the in the jacuzzi and the 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 servant mm, person yeah. who is helping her, and and the woman is trying to sort of let this servant person loose and and like let go a little, but the servant person is like, "Hi, I cannot do these things because I will literally get fired." And the woman is like, nonsense. She's like, no, I will literally lose my job. And this is a conversation that goes on for a so while. So long. It's really good. Oh, but I, I enjoyed every second. I'm also genuinely this woman, this woman who played this, this, the, the uh, crew member on the ship. She should have. She should have gotten know, nominated. <laughs> she was she in there for five seconds. Supporting actress nomination. Yeah, she was really good. That's if true. Judd Hirsch could get one for five seconds of screen time, <laughs> this woman had the demeanor of a uh, you know a customer is telling you to do something that you absolutely cannot do, but you have to be nice to them. She had that down to mm. a fucking t. I think. I think it's also like 
I think thinking back on it, I really did like this movie a lot until that part in the middle. That was again not bad objectively. I it's just not my type of humor. So it's just, just not your type of humor. Yeah. yeah. But yes, no. Triangle of Sadness is is definitely, if not top three, definitely top five for me. Yeah. It I everything about this movie worked for me. It was a bit long, hmm. still. Um, again, the the ending dragged a bit, but beyond that... I think this might also be a movie where it's kind of the opposite to Banshees, where you don't have to know what it's about, but I think maybe it's good to know at least that it's a dark comedy, because I didn't... I, we both yes. didn't when we went into it, and Triangle of Sadness... I hadn't, I hadn't even seen the poster, so just going by the name, I was really expecting to see, like, a drama or something... The first, and, the first few um, minutes of the movie really lean into that as well. Yeah. It, it's, yeah, it oh, really tries to make I still believe that it's going to really be like this, this deep dive into the male modeling world. Yeah. It really, it really made it seem like the movie was going to be about the male modeling world, and I still don't really understand that. Yeah, but... like thirty minutes in, it takes a massive turn in in plot. Yeah. Um, the the bit on the boat is the main bit, yeah. but the by the time the bit on the boat rolled around, we were like, oh, this is just going to be another like short short bit, and then we're going to go to another bit of these people's lives, and then they were on the boat for the rest of the movie, and we were mm. like, oh, uh, okay. It it really so, takes you on for a ride, I would say that. It does. Yeah. I I yeah, highly recommend this movie, and also Woody Harrelson's in it, and he's great. He is great. Do we have some fun facts? Do we have some fun facts? Um, they filmed this uh, on the Christina O, which is the yacht formerly owned by uh, Jackie Kennedy, the oh. wife of, of of President President F Damn. Kennedy. Fun fun fact. Um, I think I know a sad fact, which is that um, the actress yeah, that played Yaya I, passed away. Yes, Charles B. Dean. Um, very sad. Yeah, she was really good in it, the movie. She was absolutely incredible. Uh, it's really sad. She died aged 32. Mm. And I... Yes. Incredibly upsetting. Uh, also the fact that, that she died um, very shortly before the international release yeah. of, of the movie. Um, which would then obviously go on to be nominated for, for an Academy yeah. Award. Um, and it is it is very sad to me that she never got to experience yeah, exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she she could have done some. Well, she did some mm. amazing things, and she could have done many more amazing yeah. things. Um, yeah, agree. yeah, absolutely. Uh, however, which way you spin it, a, a massive loss. Mm. Well, a slightly more fun fact to, to end this movie off on: Mister um, Ustland, the director, uh, apparently did uh, as many as twenty-three takes for every single scene. Oh, twenty-three. Well, there was a lot of like what there was a lot of one take, one like one take, in there, but um, yeah, twenty-three. Why? According to the actors, I really wish okay. I knew. Maybe they, maybe it was just a perfect number. Maybe, maybe they just, it was. you know, got it down the 23rd time each time. So, yeah. Kind of. Kind of sick. I, crazy. I think there is only one movie left, and that is. Women, women talking. talking. Um, women talking. I have some opinions. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. You want to, you want to. Uh, quickly summarize what women talking is all about. It's, it's about women talking. <laughs> there are women, and oh, they, they, they do be talking. They sure talk. Um, okay, so basically, I, I think you can explain it better than I than I can actually. Okay, well, um, because I I tried to pay attention. You have opinions. <laughs> so, uh, women talking is uh, based on a novel uh, called Women Talking, and uh, it, it's it's inspired by by actual events. And it's based um, in in a Mennonite community, 
where the women are very consistently being drugged and raped by the men and then being led to believe that it's uh, the devil or the wrath of God um, hurting them and getting them pregnant. And the women then find out that it has been the men. Um, the women essentially beat the fuck out of one of the men. This man gets sent to prison and the other men leave for the weekend to bail him out. And they go, all the men go. And this leaves the women with two options. Uh, they can either forgive the men and hope that life gets better and just just keep living the way that they are living or they can not forgive the men and leave the colony or they can fight right i think that's or they can fight option. yes fight fight is an option which is just you know kick all the men's asses but it, 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 that's one of the more difficult um options given the amount of women and the amount of men um so what women talking is about is it is a collection of women talking about which of these options is is the best option for them yeah. and that's what the movie is it is two and a half hours of them sitting in a barn and and discussing these options and i i i think i enjoyed this a lot more than you yeah and uh, not a lot more maybe i enjoyed this more than you yeah did, i should say i think i mean first of all i think it's a lot better at being feministic than for example top gun maverick um but <laughs> yeah but these women have character yes. traits Yes, like uh, like they. I I don't think inherently this is a bad story. I just think it does not lend itself very well to to cinema, or at least the way it was adapted. I think it didn't work very well because, to me at least, film should still be visual mostly. And what this it, is is a play. It, it, yeah, it's it it very much seems like it's a play. Exactly, like. It's just them talking without even really... There, There is very little flashbacks or very little shots of anything else than them talking. And uh, yeah, just watching them talk for two hours was just not entirely my thing. Also because it kind of felt like it, it repeated itself a lot. Like basically they would be talking. I think at some point their, their options were basically either fight or flee. And they would just fall into this repetition of them talking about it, one of the women would have, like, a mental breakdown or, or like, a panic attack. The other woman would comfort her and then they'd continue... Either con they'd continue talking or they'd take a small break. That I feel... And it, it did that, like, multiple times. And it... Yeah, I don't know. It's It started feeling repetitive to me. And then without, like, kind of there being something else visually it, it yeah it, it bored me <laughs> that's fair uh, the thing, like i i do enjoy a good play i i like i like i like a good play mm -hmm. i like a lot of just people talking um that said i do believe it could have been a bit more visually interesting yeah um i i didn't mind the repetitiveness because again i think that's 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 very I, i'm a sucker for realistic dialogue and i think this had that in spades i think people talking and reaching the same conclusions and still keeping the conversation going is a very human thing and mm. a very realistic thing and i i greatly enjoy it but i do think visually the movie <laughs> could have done a lot more yeah it was very clearly shot for coverage and also why was it gray and green yeah i was also gonna mention that because i i mean it makes sense in a way because they're trying to tell a dreary story to an extent but but it is very gray it, it is the color grade is very um there's very little color in the entire movie yeah which uh, I, yes the story trying to tell is a bit gray but also i do think in the end it's supposed to be a bit of a hopeful story and i the colors did really did just did not reflect that reflect no. that yeah thank you yeah i agree i think i yeah 
I cannot I cannot say anything else. I agree. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. I I think another very very strong part of the movie was its score. Um. I really really liked the soundtrack. Once again, uh, I found out afterwards done by uh, Hilda Gunnedotter, uh, which what a woman. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I have nothing else to say. Yeah. No. Me neither. Really. Thought it was quite good, but not not phenomenal. Do you have fun facts? I have a couple fun facts. Uh, It's very small ones. First of all, it's another costume design fact, which is that um, fabric and and prayer coverings from an actual Mennonite community store were used, and every single family had a different color and or pattern uh, to represent like certain traits that they had, which I thought was very cool. And then, of course, there's the fact that this this movie stars Rooney Mara and, and Claire Foy, who don't sound connected when you just say their names like that, until you find out that both of them um, played Lisbeth Salander in the um, the girl with the like the Millennium uh, movies. I don't know those. Um, Rooney Mara was Lisbeth Salander in the girl with the dragon tattoo. Oh, she was. Yeah, and then they rebooted that later on, and they they got Claire Foy to play Lisbeth in um, uh, the the girl in the spider's web, which was a reboot. I see. Interesting. So yeah. Now they're uh, now they're in a movie together, which is fun. N- neither of them are getting sequels to their uh, to their Millennium movies, but but they're in a movie together now. So that's nice. That's nice. I well, I think that's the end of our talking about our nominees. It definitely is. I think that means it's time for a jingle. Yeah, so let's let's run through some honorable mentions. Yes. Let's. I'm gonna save Babylon for a bit. <laughs> okay. Okay. Any um, other movies that, that were nominated this year, but not for Best Picture, that we want to talk about? Um, or just uh, movies that weren't nominated at all, but like, I, you know, there, let's start here. Yeah. Because I think we have one we want to talk about. There were a few, um, but I think first and foremost for me would be The Whale. Oh, um, yeah, actually. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, fuck. I really like that movie. And I really I, like Brendan whale. Fraser did win best actor for it as he and should well fucking deserved oh my yeah. god he was so good in that movie but what i think in general i mean i i would not have personally said it should have won best picture but i would have given it a nominee above many of the others that were actually nominated and top gun maverick for instance for instance um yeah so the wheels basically this drama movie about a guy that is very very fat um and he cannot move anymore, basically. And he, he is dying. He will, like, die by the end of the week. And he's try- kind of trying to use that week to reconnect with his daughter that he hasn't seen in a long time. And I feel like the movie is mostly about kind of human empathy a lot. It's very much about human empathy. I I thought it was a really good movie. I Oh, yeah, for sure. I would definitely recommend that one as long as you don't mind. It's still a bit of a slow movie, but... It's very slow because again, this is a movie that's based off a play. It's mostly people talking. Yeah. Except it's also visually interesting. Um, yeah. Which, which was the what was the movie that you were gonna mention first? Uh, the one that I thought we were we were gonna rave about immediately was After Sun. Yeah, After Sun. I mean, oh my god, I have so many regrets that I did not see that in the cinema. Same. But... I fucking hell, what a what a movie. So basically, After Sun is about. A dad and a daughter going yeah, on... Yeah, a clinically depressed 30-year-old Clinically depressed 30-year-old dad, <laughs> 30-year-old dad um, and his daughter going on a vacation to, I think it was Turkey. Turkey or Spain, um, one of them. But the, the daughter is like 12. This this was yes. a teen dad. And the, the daughter is 
an amazing actress for her age. Jesus. Oh yeah, Frankie. Frank. I'm gonna look up her name because mm. I, I want us to get this right. Um, I was upset that she didn't get a nomination, and then I was like, oh, I was probably because she's a child. Yeah. No, we've we've had child nominees before in the past. Um, so I'm a uh, very recently, a very long in fact recently. Oh really? Yes, very recently. Um, but we'll get there when we get there. But apparently, yeah, she 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 could have just been nominated for best best um oh. actress, and she wasn't. And I'm genuinely upset by that because she, I she do was believe really good for that she put that in one age? of the best performances of the year. And mm. I'm not like I don't mean for her age. I mean in general. In general, yeah. This kid is fucking fantastic, and I cannot wait to see what she does next. Um, Frankie Corio. Right, but yeah, this movie is it's just kind of it's not really more than that. It's just them on vacation, but it yep. kind of I don't know. It just has a perfect vibe, a perfect pace, and also. I don't know. It feels very real. Yes, I. Yeah, it's it's. It, this is firmly in the same category as Causeway, which I presume you also want to quickly mention. Yes, um, don't have to. It's a, it's, yeah, I, we don't have to go in depth about Causeway, but I feel like it's this kind of the same vibe as Afterson. Yes, it, it's 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 both of those. You know, nothing much happens movies, but they are very very good. nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, Causeway was it was nominated just for supporting actor, uh, for. Oh, I don't want to butcher this. Brian... You can do it. Thierry Henson? Brian Thierry Henry. Yes. Oh my god. You, you cut that out. But um, <laughs> but basically, it's it's this movie about a woman played by Jennifer Lawrence, who also did an amazing job. She did um, phenomenally. Returning, returning to America after getting like a physical disability, I'd say. Being... Uh, coming, coming home from the war as a veteran. And kind of her dealing with that and with being back in her hometown that she still has some trauma to to process i'd say yeah yeah and it's it's really good it's just again a movie with a kind of a peaceful pacing and as you said it's like not much happens but it's still really good <laughs> yeah um more movies that that we that have been nominated but not you know for stuff that that, that they maybe should have been nominated for um that we should probably quickly just mention. Mm-hmm. I think one of them is RRR, which is a movie we haven't seen yet. Yes, but from from what I hear, it was very snubbed for a for a best best international. Mm. Um, but again, can't judge that yet. We haven't seen it. But uh, Natu Natu was you know fucking phenomenal. Really so good song. Yeah. Really, really deserved original song win. Um, I think it was a very strong year for Best Animated. I'm not going to go too far into detail. I'm just going to say that if, if you were going to watch, you know, two of these, make it Marcel the Shell um, and also make it Puss in Boots The Last Wish. I'm not <laughs> joking. You will you have done yourself a disservice if you've not watched this movie. It is, it is, it is as good as people say it is. As for Best International Features, you know, really watch those. Uh, I do want to quickly mention that The Quiet Girl was apparently the first ever Irish nomination for International Let's Feature. Go. So let's go Ireland. Uh, very strong Irish year for the Oscars yeah, for generally real. this year. They've done they did really good. Uh, there was a the live action short films were a bit of a mixed bag. I'm very glad that an Irish goodbye one. Mm. I thought it was very very funny. Um, but I know that you rooting. I was not really rooting for, for any of them. I, I of course they were all amazing. It's nothing like, you know, it, it it is really amazing what all of them did. But there was not one where I was personally super. I felt super involved or super. No, absolutely. Yeah. However, but, for best animated short film, there was one. There was one. Um, the Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. The which... Boy, the Mole, the Fox, oh and my the God. Horse. Listen, <laughs> I get that a lot of people didn't like this. Because what it is, essentially, is just 
30 minutes of motivational quotes yes yes. however these motivational quotes are said by the most adorable animals in the most beautiful art style and they're not the cliche motivational quotes they're just actually nice and gentle and reassuring calming when you're in a discord call with four people who either have (laughs) you know disorders or anxiety issues or you know anything of that sort and and you're watching this movie together every single sentence will make one of the four of you cry (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was that sure was a discord call it is it is it's amazing and i would i would really recommend it though i can i can see how some people would think like it's i would say it's also a bit of a generational thing even maybe that's true yeah it feels like it's very targeted at people dealing with absolutely i don't know all sorts of things I, i would i would very specifically recommend it if you are in any way struggling and i don't mm. just mean you know th- th- no specific i don't mean any specifics just generally if yeah. you feel in life like you are struggling a bit watch it watch yeah. this it's not gonna fix your problems it's not gonna but maybe for 30 minutes it will make you feel better yeah that's and that's the highest praise i genuinely think mm. i can give it because i wow yeah i do want to give a quick mention to ice, ice merchants, merchants because yep. if it was if, if it was not for the moy the mole the fox uh, and the horse then that would have definitely been my favorite it's really adorable ice merchants was incredible. It's not that long either no yeah, yeah it was, it really, was good. really good it was really good very interesting art style as well very very good to look at um do you want to do you want to talk about my year of dicks or do you want to just no uh... let's just skip that one okay <laughs> i want to save i want to save babylon for a bit but i do have okay. some other movies that i want to quickly mention that were not nominated at, at all, all okay. which i thought yeah. was was a bit you know maybe not strange but i feel like these movies could have gotten a bit of a bit of a recognition okay um one of those is uh, Catherine called birdie which i think was genuinely it's it's a uh, I, I really don't know how to very quickly and cohesively explain this but it's very fun and very good uh there's decision to leave which i was very surprised wasn't nominated for best international um especially because it's korean and we all know how much how much the academy awards love korea for international features then there is the northman which i definitely expected to get like a cinematography nomination at least um I was kind of hoping maybe the unbearable weight of massive talent would get something. Oh, it obviously didn't, um, and it makes sense that it didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. You know anything, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, which I, for that for that reason, I would highly recommend it. And then the Woman King, which I was kind of surprised wasn't nominated for anything because it was nominated for every single other big award show, um, but n- not a single Oscar nomination. Which, Damn. yeah, kind of crazy. I crazy. um. um I am personally very... I was very disappointed to learn that um, Morbius did not get anything. Oh, yeah. No, Morbius was snubbed, man. Yeah, I just don't... That movie don't, made a more billion dollars. I just don't understand how that could have possibly happened. But, I don't um, know, man. You know. I don't know. The Academy, they just don't have any taste. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> it's okay, though. Maybe, maybe you know, uh, Morbius to Morbius will get an adventure Yeah, exactly. No, it, yeah, um, it will definitely be fine. It will be, it will be good. It has to be, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, and one more, which I, I wasn't necessarily expecting to win or get nominated for anything, but I'm a bit upset that it wasn't because um, it's nope, and I really wanted to watch a horror movie with you, but I'm sure we'll <laughs> get there at some win. point during this race. So you want to you wanna talk about Babylon? Do you, do you have any other movies that you want to quickly mention that you've seen this year um, that were very good? Or no, because otherwise I will talk about Babylon. I I had not watched that many movies this year. I I watched Don't Worry, Darling. 
Oh, don't worry, um, darling. Yeah, that was. Uh, to be fair, I, I think that could have maybe gotten uh, something with best cinematography. Cinematography was nice. It's it, just it looked that really good. It looked really good. It's just that none of it made sense. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. let's let's just not talk about that. Um, I watched a few other movies, but I I I uh, no no not necessarily any any honorable mentions here or there. Yeah. No. Fair. That's fair. Um. Then then yes, let's talk about Babylon because. Babylon was fucking robbed and <laughs> snubbed, and I am severely fucking upset. Oh. First of all, the, let's go to the categories it was nominated for. Because Babylon was nominated for Best Score, which it didn't get, and Best Production Design, which it didn't get. And both of those, it deserved, right? You know what? You know what got Best Original Score instead? Fucking All Quiet on the Western. Fucking blah, blah, blah. <laughs> got the fucking Best Original Score over Babylon, which was one of the most catchy and creative scores i've heard mm. in in film recently right fucking mm. secondly how the fuck how the, did the fablemans get a best picture nomination over this <laughs> i am so genuinely upset this oh. it was it was an experience we we watched this in the cinema like a few hours before the oscars mm. and um as soon as it was over, I, I he started ranting, and then we had to, to drive to the place where we were gonna watch the Oscars, and it was just a continuous rant <laughs> of, of Tiro. Look, no. look, 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 look. This and the Fablemans are both in their own ways a little a love letter to movies, right? To in a extent. different way. How, yes. Uh, yes, in very different ways. But this movie is, to me at least, way more honest about it it is very very much not shying away from the negative sides of film and the chaos and the the the, the stress that it brings with it and mm. on top of that also just 1920s hollywood is fucking cool and mm. I, it like yeah oh, it was really good i agree I so that... we should maybe say what it's about quickly it's uh, babylon is about yeah. um basically 1920s 1930s uh hollywood yeah, and 1926 is where it starts yeah and it's kind of the transition to from silent movies to talkies yeah and how if i'd say movie people and especially actors are kind of dealing with that yeah we follow about five people in, who are all in different like parts of the industry uh, or different you know they might be both of them are actors but one of them is you know a very you know very established one and, 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 yeah. and the others yeah um so the whole thing is like it's how these people deal with with this transition yeah and it it has a lot. It's like it's comedy, but it's also drama, and it's also oh, this movie is so it's funny. so many things, and it it is really good. Um, one criticism I and I think you also had was that there's a part at the end it's that is long. should have been just left out completely. Should have been like, cut it, completely. It yeah. suddenly takes this turn where it it leaves the main story kind of, and yeah, it, it takes it essentially takes a side quest and just makes it the main quest and i i didn't care no, i yeah. didn't care about this bit i would have would have mi not minded it not being there yeah but in general um, babylon i agree i should i would have i would have given that a nomination for best picture but hey i'm i'm not yeah um, i'm I, well you know this is not one of our nominees but i do have a, a fun fact for you oh um which is that we apparently have no taste. <laughs> Critics fucking hated this thing. It holds a 56% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh no. 
I mean, that is I... a good a disclaimer, I guess, immediately for, you know, us. Oh, yeah, we are not critics. <laughs> we are not critics and we're also no professionals, but no, we do have some opinions not. sometimes. We, we oof, Some opinions sometimes. We sometimes don't have opinions. <laughs> um, All right. I, I guess we're moving on to the final part, which is kind of yes. uh, revealing the, oh, the winner, because nobody definitely knows who won, <laughs> who won Best no. Picture in 2023. Um, before we do that, I'm going to have a quick quick little sidebar into the honorary awards um originally uh, these were given out during the event but n- not anymore they now call them the 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 governor's awards which uh, is the academy honorary awards and then another award which is the gene herschel humanitarian award which used to be an academy honorary award but then they changed it anyway um the gene herschel uh, humanitarian award is an award um that uh, is given out to individuals uh, uh, outstanding contributions to humanitarian causes okay um and this year uh, it was given to uh, michael j fox who is uh, you know a wonderful wonderful man uh, played marty in back to the future no uh, recently diagnosed with i believe parkinson's and he received his honorary Oscar for uh, his advocacy of a cure for Parkinson's. He's he's been working real hard to to get that shit done. Um, so go go, Mr. Fox. You're you're doing amazing. Um, on top of that, uh, three more honorary awards uh, were given out. Actually, one of them being a lifetime achievement award for Peter Weir, um, who did Dead Poets Society, The Truman Show, uh, The Way Back, some very very good strong movies it's mm-hmm. a lifetime achievement award for him um and uh i really want to not butcher this name i think it's yuja palsi who is a french film director screenwriter and producer and she um she was she was the first black female director to have a film produced by a major hollywood studio in this case oh, mgm shit. Um, so she got a she got an honorary award again also i think a, a lifetime achievement um honorary award which that's amazing deserved. Yeah. yes for her contributions to cinema and then there was another honorary award this year that I, I I believe we've been waiting for forever. Oh, Diane Warren got one. <laughs> Diane Warren, for those of you who don't know, um, has been nominated uh, for fourteen Oscars, all of them Best Original Song, um, which has led to the award being you know tentatively dubbed the Diane Warren Award for Best <laughs> Original Song. Ironically, uh, she has lost all fourteen of these. <laughs> She hasn't. She hasn't won a single fourteen competitive uh, nominations, and she's lost. She's but she lost all of them. she got the honorary award. She got the honorary award now. Let's go. Um, deserved, I think. If you've if you've been nominated for fourteen Oscars, but you've not won a single <laughs> one, I think at that point they should they should mm. give you an honorary one. Maybe. Um, I do hope that maybe now she can stop being nominated. <laughs> this sounds mean. But I am tired of watching bad movies just because they have a Diane Warren song <laughs> in it. All right. So then I think it's time to, to reveal our to winner. To reveal our winner. I wonder who could it possibly who be? Who could it possibly I be? Don't, would, it be I, would it be the movie that was nominated 11 fucking maybe times? Perhaps. Maybe. And the Oscar goes to everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, everything, everywhere, all at once. Let's everything, go. everywhere, all at once. I'm very, very deserved. So happy. Yes, I, I absolutely yeah. deserved. Yes, by 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 all means. I was gonna be so upset if it wasn't. Honestly, <laughs> same. Yeah, yeah. This is the this is, but this is the only movie it could have been. Mm. Anything else uh, would have no. made no sense. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's it's mad. 
it uh it, it became the first film since 2013 uh, to win seven academy awards yeah. and um it was the most awarded best picture winner since 2008 um it, yeah it, it did really good it yeah. did really really good as it should yes Everything, everywhere, all at once. Very, very deserved. I think. I, I, I think this is what we normally would discuss: whether we believe this is deserved or if we believe that other movies should have won over yep, it. But there's really there is nothing no question. to say. There is no question. There's nothing it, to say. Everything, everywhere. Go watch it if you haven't. This. If go you somehow it. haven't, it's been all over the place. So I'm sure uh, most people have seen it. But if you haven't, really go, go, go watch it. Go, go watch it. Um, you want you want to run a quick, uh, quick top five of the best picture nominees. Of like what we think was the tip fi- top five for us. Yeah. So what what you believe to be the top five and what I believe to be the top yeah, five. Yeah. Right. Well. So start starting from five. Yeah. My number five was Avatar too. Yeah, I understand. I think my number five is 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 either Elvis or Women Talking. I mm. I'm 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 leaning towards Women Talking because as much as I liked Elvis, I really like a slow play. Yeah, I get that. But yeah. Well, my number four was Elvis. Yeah, my number four. I'm really no, sorry. No, I, no, I no, think... don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm... No, but I think... But I think it might, might have to be Tar, maybe. God damn it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But it's I really incredibly liked... Incredibly upsetting. I really liked number three, Triangle of Sadness. I get that. My number three is Banshees. Yeah, which is, you know, obviously my number two. And then... My number, number two, two is... would be Tar and... And number one we is, would both let's say, together. All at once. I was early first. You want to retry that? Yes, and then number one is, is let's every, say together. Everything, everything, everywhere, everywhere, all at once. Many things in lots of places at, at all of the times. <laughs> all right. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you somehow got to the end of this first beautiful um, episode yes. of, I'd like to thank my wife. Thank you very much. Um, as always, we'd like to thank our wives and uh, the Academy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, I, 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 we'll see you next month in 1929. Nine. Damn. Excited? Very excited. Sick. All right. Thank you all very much for listening. Um, goodbye. And goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>